With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. The conversation continues with James Freeman on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Hello and welcome to the Freeman Report once again. Today's report will mostly be focusing on climate milk, um, the German farmer protests and electric buses in Norway and Sweden that don't work when it gets cold. Um, The main theme running through today's show will therefore be globalist net zero policies and the damage that they're doing to the developed world. My name is James Freeman. I'm a former member of the European Parliament, and this is my weekday show where I break down the big issues of our time in our fight for freedom, liberty and justice. It is Thursday, the 11th of January 2024, and on today's show, I'll be welcoming back independent journalist Peter Sweden to the Freeman Report, um, a person whose name denotes the country that he was born in. And according to Peter's ex-bio, he is a political commentator and a supporter of freedom, kindness and liberty. And his message is clearly resonating as he's got more than 36,000 subscribers to his Substack page and over 600,000 followers on X. Now, the main reason I asked Peter to come back on the show is because of his recent reporting on the globalist net zero agenda, which I'll talk about more in a moment. However, the other reason for getting him back on the show is that I see that there's been a potential change in the mood in Swedish politics regarding the government's disastrous immigration policies over the past two decades. When Peter last appeared on the Freeman Report, he spoke about how Sweden's population had grown by more than 20% in the past two decades, based upon government policy that has welcomed migrants from all over the world. And that the result of this policy has been to change Sweden from a safe and stable country to one where bombings are now commonplace between rival gangs from different parts of the world and where sexual violence has skyrocketed. In recent years, Swedish politicians have tried to play down how the country has changed in recent years from a quiet, mundane country into a dangerous one. But no longer, it seems. As just a few months ago, the Prime Minister, Ulf Christensen, spoke publicly to reassure the public that the gangs will be hunted down and put on trial. If they are Swedish citizens, he said, they will be locked up for a long time in prison. And if they're foreign citizens, they will be expelled, he said. But it's not just the bombings. According to the Swedish Statistics Office, sexual offences have increased by 60% in the decade to 2022, from 15,000 to 24,000 a year, with rape increasing by over 50% uh, across the same period. So the first question I'll be asking Peter is if he thinks that the government has finally admitted that the decades-long policy of welcoming millions to the country has been a mistake. However, it is his reporting on climate issues that has really caught my eye recently. 
particularly regarding these new chemical compounds that are being added to cattle feed to stop them burping and farting, all in the name of stopping the world's climate changing. Absolute clown world. Now, the thing that caught my eye in particular is the person that is at the centre of these new controversial chemicals. Someone who seems to have his greasy fingerprints on many of the things that are causing issues with human health around the world. Some will call me a conspiracy theory theorist for focusing so much on one man. But like so many so-called conspiracy theories these days, once you start looking into things, it becomes clear very quickly that something is actually going on. The man I'm talking about is, of course, Bill Gates, as he has been investing large amounts of money into the companies that are developing these new chemicals. And once again, it is the depopulation conspiracy that rears its ugly head, as it is acknowledged that these chemicals are detrimental to human fertility. Um, the European Union has approved the use of these chemicals, but only on the basis that they're safe for cows, as even the EU acknowledges that the chemicals can be damaging to fertility. Now, the backdrop to this story is, of course, the vaccines or the so-called vaccines and the patents that Bill Gates held in the underlying technology. Because what we're seeing now around the world is persistent excess deaths in all countries that had high uptake of the injections. Now, the other thing worth saying on a personal note here is that I am absolutely sure now that the wider British government knows that the injections are at least part to blame for the excess deaths. I believe that now. As many of you know, I work behind the scenes with many groups in the UK and beyond. And all I will say is this, is that the communications that I've seen, which involve certain MPs, not bridging, um, they lead me to the conclusion that wider government now accept that the injections are responsible for excess deaths. But will the government do anything about it? Well, Going by other recent scandals, I very much doubt it. It is clear from recent scandals that politicians will only act if that is the only option available to them, as we have seen from the Post Office Horizon scandal over the past two weeks. MPs and government have known for years about the miscarriages of justice, how people were taking their own lives, how innocent people have been sent to jail, how good people lost their life savings, their homes and their marriages, and how thousands of lives have been devastated. The government has known about this for a long time, and it knew about the faulty IT system responsible for these miscarriages of justice. But did they act? No, they didn't. What it took for them to act is ITV making a drama about it. And now all of a sudden, the Prime Minister is creating new legislation to quash the convictions and government has found hundreds of millions to pay out in compensation. Anyway, my point is that these so-called conspiracies about depopulation, the agenda um, that people talk about, do have various threads that reinforce the central allegation. 
So Bill Gates is investing in climate milk, fake meat that has already been banned in Italy because of health concerns and a whole host of other schemes that subjugate human life and denigrate its priority to the net zero god. Now, some will argue that he's just worried about the planet and wants to save it and that he's on a noble mission to save human life as a whole. Some make that argument, believe it or not. However, if that was the case, why does he fly around the world in his four private jets, a seaplane and a helicopter? And why does he brag about how he makes a 20 to 1 return on his investments in vaccines? And then, of course, there is all of the dodgy work that Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has done in Africa and India, where the foundation run vaccine experiments on young girls that injured and killed thousands. No informed consent there. Now, the fact checkers on Google will tell you that that is all a conspiracy theory, but it's not. And I'll tell you how I know because I travelled to India as an MEP and I spoke um, about this topic with politicians in the country. So I know that this did happen. But it's amazing what billions of dollars can do to launder your public image, which why it is so important that we talk and raise awareness of the stories that I'll be talking about today. If you want to get in touch, then please email me at jamesfreeman at tntradio.live. And if you want to join the conversation, head over to tntradio.live and click on the chat icon. My name is James Freeman, and this is the Freeman Report for TNT, today's news talk. Keeping the commitment 24-7. I've been in the car all day, and I got to listen. Can't get enough of it. You guys are doing a great job. Today's news talk radio, TNT. Hello, Gemma. How are you doing today? Yes, very good. Thank you. And uh, it's, it's a nice little birthday present we've had today, a day after TNT's uh, second birthday with news of expansion of the team. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to be working with uh, Sonia Poulton as of Monday next week. She's going to be forming part of the UK breakfast team. I'll be on with her at 7am UK time. So that is a wonderful addition to the team. She's a great journalist, great broadcaster and, and a great commentator. I just found this out in the last hour or so. And it's a, it's a really good addition to the team. And I'm one that I think will strengthen even further TNT's UK contribution to this global 24-7 Lighting the Fuse for Freedom network that we are building. Yeah, this is fantastic news. I do know Sonia quite well. Um, I've been on her show, um, her previous breakfast show, many, many times before. She does have a whole host of followers, um, which she'll bring to the station. So it's great news for the station. And it's great to have Sonia on board. And to let you in on a little secret, I've actually got two guests today. One is Peter Sweden and the second is Sonia Poulton herself oh. to tell us all about her new show in the um, in the latter part of today's Freeman Report. Oh, look at that, James. I'm one step ahead of you. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm one um, step ahead of you, you mean? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Let's say we're equal then, we're equal. But yeah, it, it, it is It is good news. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to working with Sonia very much indeed. Um, just moving on to the story. I mean, the story's broken in the last couple of hours. Um, Sven Joran Eriksson has announced on Swedish radio, and it's gone around the world virally as soon as he's announced it, that he has got uh, terminal cancer. And um, Sven Joran Eriksson, a huge figure in the footballing world, at one point the most famous football manager in the world, um, highly successful career, uh, 
uh, equally as kind of uh, reputable off the pitch as on it with his string of very glamorous uh, girlfriends um, and an all-round sportsman. And he's uh, he's announced it today. He said that uh, they found out last year he collapsed after going for a run. Uh, doctors found out he'd had a stroke and that, that he also had cancer. They couldn't tell him how long he'd had the cancer for, uh, a month, a year. They just couldn't be sure. But they do know that he hasn't got long. He said a year at best. Um, now, we hear a lot of stories about athletes collapsing. We hear a lot of stories about turbo cancers. So we have to ask the question. It's a rhetorical one. You know, well, it's not a rhetorical one. We don't know the answer to this, but is it related to uh, the inspir- experimental injection? You know, it, they've given him not very long to live. He's a very fit man. He's still, he was still running 5K runs in his 70s. It was on a 5K run that he collapsed. It's not like he's an unfit person, glittering sporting career. So obviously I think that will raise a few questions within our community as to whether or not he, he did undergo the experimental procedure and whether that's led to his diagnosis. Um, what is interesting though is, it, you know, his, his attitude to this he's been told that he's got a year at best it could be less and some of his quotes have really jumped out at me you know i'm a big believer in in a positive mental attitude in all areas of life and i do believe it goes a long way into helping you create your own reality and uh, sven Joran Eriksson has today said i have to fight this for as long as i can but you can trick your brain see the positives in things don't wallow in adversity this is of course the biggest adversity but make something good of it now, this is a man with less than a year to live. And I think this shows and is indicative of probably why he had such a successful career and possibly why he had so much success with uh, women off the pitch, you know, which he definitely did. That's common knowledge. Um, is, is that this attitude, this winning attitude, even in the face of death, he's determined to see something good in it and not see the bad. And I do think that given current world events, given what we went through from 2020 onwards, there is there is always a glimmer of positivity in all adversity, whether it's a personal level on a micro level or whether it's on a macro global level of standing up to the system, as we've been hearing about that's what the post office victims did. They stood up to the system and they took the post office to the high court. We've got people taking AstraZeneca to the high court, you know, always see the positives in a situation. Um, My heart goes out to him. I do remember his tabloid escapades in the 1990s, especially, which I followed with glee. I'm not a massive football fan, but I did follow his private life quite a bit as a journalist at the time. Um, And I, I, you know, I wish him all the kind of very best with this diagnosis. And I do hope he's able to see the positives in his situation and enjoy what rest of life that he's got left. Yeah, um, very sad news. Um, I don't really watch much football anymore, but I used to. And of course, he was um, a manager of the England team. Um, So yeah, very, very sad news. Um, I always find that it's not actually that helpful to ask that question. I know you weren't talking about the fact that you were, but the fact that our community will ask that question, whether this is um, obviously due to the injections. I don't think it's helpful, but, you know, you can see why people do ask that question because Professor Angus Dogleish and many other lead world-leading scientists around the world are talking about turbo cancers being caused by these vaccines or so-called vaccines. I, I need to get out of the habit of calling them that. Um, but they do say that, you know, they're, 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 these injections are responsible for these turbo cancers along with heart problems and lots of other problems. So I think, you know, I can see why people ask the question. Um, but on me personally, I just don't think it's helpful. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think the main takeaway from that story is very, very sad news. Um, and I wish um him all of the best and all of his family
Right. Thank you very much for that story, Gemma. We're going to move on swiftly today because I'm keen to get over to my first guest, who is Peter Sweden. So stay tuned with me, James Freeman, on today's News Talk TNT. TNT Radio's Chris Smith. Despite being used to protect travellers from terrorists, hijackers or violent drunks or those who were drugged out as they board, and this has been going on since 1961, they won't be around this Thanksgiving. None of them. Air marshals were always meant to be invisible. Well, you can guarantee that this Thanksgiving. Ironically, the Biden administration has been hijacking air marshals for all kinds of other duties, leaving the passengers they were meant to guard and protect completely helpless. Air marshals have been lumbered with assisting the chaos on the southern border. They might be called air marshals, but an unknown number are now seconded to work on the ground. Maybe they're ground marshals now, marshalling illegal immigrants on the border and doing the job supposedly meant for the United States Customs and Border Protection. Where are they? Chris Smith on TNT Radio. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. Right, well, I'm absolutely delighted to be welcoming Peter Sweden back to the Freeman Report. Um, Hello, Peter. How are you today? Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing good. Coming yeah, no, fantastic to have you back. Yes, yes. And, and actually, that's the thing I'm going to ask you to talk about first. Um, obviously, the last time you were on the um, Freeman Report, we spoke um, about all of these problems, didn't we, in Sweden due to the government's disastrous migration policies um, over the past two decades. Now, I have been following things, um, Peter, in the country, and it seems that, um, you know, whereas in the past, I think politicians were trying to play down um, their immigration policies in relation to some of the things going on in the country. It seems that they're, well, certainly from where I'm sitting and what I've been reading, it seems that there might have been a change because I noticed that the prime minister himself um, has actually been talking about it in recent months and actually saying that they're going to round up these gangs um, and deport them if they are not um, got Sweden Swedish citizenship. What's your kind of assessment on where we are with the situation now, but also the politics surrounding it? Do you think now that politicians um, recognise that the policies of the past two decades have been a disaster? Yeah, I think uh, definitely more and more in Sweden, at least the current more centre-right-wing government backed by the more conservative Swedish Democrats, they have always been very clear that they want to kind of get tough on uh, law and order, to get tough on the crime, get tough on the gangs. We haven't seen that much action from them yet since they were elected, um, but we have started to see a little bit more now in the last few months. Uh, as you said, the Prime Minister of Sweden came out with a, quite, a, quite a big speech a few months ago where he announced that they would be cracking down on the gangs, uh, that they would be uh, actually deploying the military to assist police in, 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 in fighting the gangs, basically, with things like helicopters, equipment and so on. So they've definitely been getting a lot tougher on the crime and it, because it's it's getting quite hard to ignore now, even in Sweden with all of the mainstream media censorship, 
things are getting so bad that people, you know, the word of mouth is starting to go around. Uh, there's been 149 bombings in Sweden last year, a new record. Uh, you know, if you live in a city and you hear a bombing going off every other night, it's kind of getting quite hard for the media to ignore it, <laughs> to, say, to put it that way. 140 bombings in in one year that's incredible um so so the politicians obviously now um are acknowledging the fact that this is going on but are they making a direct link um to the immigration policies of the past two decades mm, not really uh not the government party the swedish democrat party uh, which are more kind of right-wing more anti-migration they are trying to link it more to to migration yes but uh, the party that is actually in power the center-right party they are not so much um but they did say that uh, um if there are any people involved in the gangs uh, that is a foreign citizen and that they can be deported even without having com been convicted of a crime so they are definitely getting tougher on uh, on, on the gangs uh, for sure yeah and it's really important i think we talk about it on this show because you know countries like ireland um, are experiencing the same sort of scale of immigration as we've seen in sweden over the past two decades um and you know any country that imports that many people um, from across the world um, in such a short period of time. Um, these are the lessons i think for other countries to look to sweden and see what's happened there Right, Peter, um, obviously the reason, the main reason I've um, asked you back on the show is to talk about these crazy net zero policies we're seeing around the world. Now, we were speaking on the telephone um, last night and you told me, um, let's start, the, start off the conversation by talking about these buses in Norway and Sweden. Tell us about what you were telling me on the phone last night. Yeah, well, it's um, it's been quite cold the last uh, few weeks in fact it's been the coldest both in finland norway and sweden has had the coldest day of of the century of the millennium of this uh, of this uh, in the 2000s it's been the coldest day it was minus 50 up in northern norway sweden and finland had like minus 44 or something it's been crazy cold uh, oslo had the coldest uh, the, munici the municipality of oslo had the coldest day ever in history uh, it went below minus 30 and they had the brilliant idea of buying in uh, ar around 150 new electric buses last year they're going to replace the diesel buses with electric buses now to become environmentally friendly to make the earth cooler of course uh, but uh, it was too cold uh, so the electric buses uh, <laughs> didn't work as expected <laughs> uh, the range got reduced to 130 kilometers they've been having charging problems in fact, uh, just a few days ago, all of the buses in southern Oslo were cancelled for the day because uh, the electric buses couldn't handle the cold. The range was too short. They had to stay uh, charging all the time. So they actually had to bring back the diesel buses as the reserve buses. <laughs> and the same has been happening in Sweden, too. They've been having to cancel buses everywhere because of the cold weather. They, they can't handle it. <laughs> Oh, this is absolutely hilarious. The irony of this, because, of course, I know they've rebranded global warming to 
climate change. But that that is kind of what they're saying is the world is heating up. Um, and so they bring in these climate buses, um, which then don't work because it's too cold. You could not make it up. Um, the other thing that um, before we go to the break, um, Peter, I'd like an update on is obviously you've been covering um, what's going on in Germany at the moment with the farmers. So um, can you give us an update on what's happening there at the moment? Yeah, so um, you might have heard a few years uh, last year there was the Dutch farmers protest. There's been farm, uh, farmers protests in France, and now lately it's been the farmers protest in Germany. So the government in Germany is planning to increase the taxes on the fuel prices, uh, and they also originally plan to increase the taxes on uh, agricultural vehicles. And the farmers aren't too happy about it. They've been out protesting, massive protest. Uh, you'll be surprised because I haven't seen barely anything about it on the news uh, not headline news or anything like that and but it's it's massive protests just in munich alone there was uh, around seven uh, five thousand five hundred tractors in berlin hundreds uh, hundreds of tractors thousands probably tens of thousands of tractors all over germany block, uh, blocking the autobahn blocking cities all over the place and uh yeah they, it's been going on, going on for three days now actually it started on the 8th of january and they are still going. It's uh, and they've been joined by the truckers, uh, Polish truckers. Uh, they've been getting a lot of support, but not from the media. <laughs> yeah. Surprise, surprise, eh? I mean, yeah, I mean, some of the images are absolutely fantastic, aren't they? You can see on social media just miles and miles and miles of tractors um, in, in lines. Obviously, they've been closing down the highways. Um, have you heard anything from the German government yet in terms of its reaction to the protests? Yeah, so the German government is uh, standing uh, fast, uh, standing solidly on their um, decision not to turn back. Uh, they will um, keep that. Well, they've done a little bit of a concession. Instead of uh, doing the tax um, increase all at once, they're going to uh push it out over a few years span it out over a few years so gradually increase the tax on the fuel uh so they've done a little bit of a concession but not really not really anything that the farmers are happy about and they've said that they won't go any any further that some people uh, i don't remember the exact quote from the government spokesperson but they said that some people won't be happy about all of the changes that they are making but they will have to lead they will, people will have to follow them uh so yeah, yeah, it's said uh, they seem to be be standing standing on on that uh, on that position to to punish the farmers for doing their job. Basically, they they need they need the fuel. They need um, they, they they need the economics to to go around. And it really with all the inflation, all the high prices going on, it's getting tougher and tougher to be a farmer. And the government wants to make it even tougher. And uh, yeah, it's it's just insane. Yeah, and obviously this is a emerging story so we'll have to get you back on at some time um at some point peter to update us on that story um we're going to go to the news headlines now peter but don't go anywhere because um we're going to talk all about bill gates aren't we and this climate milk which is the main reason i got you on the show so stay tuned with me james freeman on today's news talk tnt this is today's news talk radio tnt here is the news Back again with a look at your TNT headlines. I'm Matt Boyland. The lineup of Republicans seeking the presidential nomination got a little shorter on Wednesday after Chris Christie threw in the towel. 
Donald Trump has vowed to carry out the largest deportation operation in American history if he's successful in retaking the White House. And a human rights lawyer and active member of New Zealand's parliament has been stood down pending the result of an investigation into shoplifting allegations. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Right, now Peter, as I said, this is the main story that I wanted to get you on the show to talk about. Um, I do read your Substack, um, really, really good articles in there, and one of them really caught my eye. And it was on this climate milk and the story around the chemicals they're putting in cattle feed. And of course, the arch villain, um, Bill Gates. So tell us all about this story, Peter. Yes, I did uh, quite an in-depth investigation because it caught something caught my eye about what's happening uh, with the milk. So basically what is happening is that your milk supply is being poisoned without you even knowing it. Uh, so in uh, Norway now they have launched a new milk called Climate Milk and the goal is that by 2027 all cows, all ruminants, so all cows, uh, all, uh, yeah, all ruminants are going to be fed a certain methane blocker, a, a chemical basically, uh, that they are giving the cows to make them fart and burp less. It really sounds insane when you when you hear it, but um, that's what they're doing. They say that their cow farts are warming up the planet so much that they're having to give them chemicals to make them stop farting. <laughs> it's it sounds like a comedy skit, but it's actually they actually say this. Um, so yeah, so I did some research into this particular chemical that they've been giving the cows because this milk is already on the shelves in Norway right now. Um, and this chemical is toxic, it turns out, uh, especially to fertility, it's suspected of being damaging to fertility. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I, did, I did some e research on it on my Substack, and it's really quite shocking what this chemical, chemical does. Yeah, no, it is. It is shocking, Peter. But um, I think, um, am I right in saying there's lots of different technologies around this, um, uh, you know, that they're using? So seaweed, I think, is mentioned as, as one. I think this chemical is one of many different um, solutions, isn't it? But of course, Bill Gates right. is investing a lot in this. He does have a lot of influence with governments around the world. We quite often see him here in the UK um, getting photoshops with politicians. Um, so tell us about this chemical, because the EU has actually um, said that it's OK, but I think they've just said it's OK and it's safe for cows, haven't they? Yeah, so the EU has approved this chemical. The chemical in question is called 3-NOP, uh, uh, and it's developed by a company called Boaver. Uh, and this company, uh, of course, Bill Gates has invested millions in this company previously. Uh, it's it's a big it's a big company, uh, and they've developed this chemical, which is approved by the EU. But if you look at the safety data sheets on this chemical. It says that it is suspected of being damaging to fertility. Uh, I, I did some research in it when they gave rats a quite large dose of this chemical. They became completely infertile, both the females and the male rats. Uh, and when they gave, uh, if, I remember, if I remember correctly, when they gave cows this uh, chemical in higher doses, I actually shrunk the ovaries in the cows. 
So this is a seems to be quite a potent chemical uh, if uh, if given in in a high enough doses. But this is actually what they feed in the cows to make them burp and fart less to reduce the climate emissions. And then you're going to drink this milk. You're going to eat this meat that the, from the cows that have been fed this chemical. And as you mentioned, there are other, other options as well, like the seaweed, um, which is another company that Bill Gates has invested money in. Of course, he seems to be everywhere when it comes to this. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and, and the thing is, nobody is being told about this milk. Nobody's being told that they are putting this in the cows. So they're saying, oh, it's climate friendly. Oh, buy this milk is good for the environment. But then they're not telling you what they're actually doing to the cows. Yeah. Now you, you say it's on the shelves in Norway and I've seen you, you, you've taken a photo of one of the cartons, haven't you, on your, which you published yeah. um, as part of the article on, on your ex account. Do you, how widespread is it? Is it on the shelves across the country or is this just a limited test? To start off with, it's just a limited, uh, limited, um, limited to, to a few, to a few stores and to a few farms. But as I said, they are the, the goal. The, the goal is that all cows by 2027 will be fed this chemical. So by 2027, all of the milk will be this new climate milk, basically. Yeah. Now, Peter, you're a like me. You're a journalist. Um, you know, we we both of us um, kind of do end up looking at these conspiracies. And I, I use my language very carefully there, not conspiracy theories. But of course, you know, the, the, the theory that does follow around Bill Gates is this depopulation um, agenda, which people keep on talking about. Now, you know, I think at face value, most people who don't watch TNT radio or uh, read Substacks like yours will just think this is absolutely ridiculous that Bill Gates uh, is part of some depopulation agenda. And I'm not saying for definite that he is. But what I'm saying is when you start looking at all the different things that he's involved in, it all does seem to be related to detrimental impacts on human health, doesn't it? I mean, what do you make of the excess deaths going on at the moment, which of course, Bill Gates, you know, he held patents, didn't he, um, to the underlying technology for the vaccines? Well, uh, Bill Gates actually, in September 2019, Bill Gates invested $55 million into BioNTech just a few months before the COVID uh, pandemic hit. Uh, and then a few years later, his investment turned into $550 million, 10 times return on his money. Just a few months before the pandemic hit, he invested into BioNTech, the people who make the Pfizer, uh, Pfizer mRNA vaccine. Uh, that's uh, quite a coincidence, I would say. Um, it is, we, it uh, is. And Peter, I think, I think at that point, yeah. it's probably <laughs> worth pointing out as well. That only just a, that that must have been if it was a few months before the pandemic hit, it must have yeah, been around September the same time. Right, exactly the same time that event two hundred one was going on, which is anybody in the know will know that basically all the journalists around Europe were all coalesced um, in one place. It was funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation amongst other organisations, and what it was was a run through of a fictitious. Um, pandemic and how the media should um, should react um, when one comes along, and of course, a few months later. So, these things can't be coincidence, can you? Not not when there's so many. Not when he's investing um, in 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 a specific company, which was one of the companies that produced the vaccines for the pandemic. It can't be a conspiracy, can it, Peter? Well, it's uh, 
obviously it's difficult to say anything for sure, but uh, when enough coincidences happen, uh, it starts to get suspicious to say that way. You know, for sure, it's definitely insider. I, I would say at least, at the very least, uh, people on some people have you know kind of inside information more than others do. That's uh, that I think can be said for sure. Um, is Bill Gates having a depopulation agenda like deliberately or not? I mean, it's very difficult for us to say that for sure, but it, it is for sure that uh, they are trying to control people with all of this climate agenda, with all of the um, uh, tyranny that we've seen over the last few years. One thing is for sure that they want to control people uh, kind of like we like what we saw under communism uh, in the Soviet Union where the elites have all of the control the regular people just have to exist basically to work for the elites in the communist system that 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 is kind of something I think we're seeing for sure yeah absolutely and we are seeing that for sure because the one of the other sort of tentacles and there are many many tentacles from bill gates um obviously the bill and melinda gates foundation has donated billions to the telegraph in the uk the guardian yeah. the bbc even um yeah. so you know whilst all this I other stuff is going on he's also in you know giving lots of money to the media to make sure that all of his projects um get good publicity and and any negative publicity like we're talking about now is laundered um away and just magically disappeared um ladies and gentlemen um peter sweden thank you so much peter um quickly before you go um tell people where they can go to sign up to your substack and other um websites and um and channels that you've got yeah so uh, if you want to sign up to my substack you can actually just go to my website petersweden.com and you can find the link there to sign up to my uh, to my newsletter, or you can go to my Substack, uh, petersweden.substack.com, and uh, you will get my newsletters with all of the articles that the mainstream media is not showing you, uh, all of the news that you will find there, but not in the media. Uh, you can also yeah. follow me on X, Twitter, uh, or on Telegram. Uh, Peter Sweden yeah. 7 there. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Peter, for coming on the show today. Um, like I said, I would encourage people to go and take a look at his um, your Substack, Peter. Um, you do cover a lot of stories and you go in depth as well and do your own investigation. So thank you very much to Peter. Right, we're going to take a short break now. And when we come back, I've got my second guest, who is Sonia Poulton. Um, it's just been announced that she's joining the TNT family um, and will be launching her own breakfast show um, here on TNT on Monday at 7 a.m. So I'm absolutely delighted that Sonia's going to be with me in a moment. So don't go anywhere. Stick with me, James Freeman, on today's News Talk TNT. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. What are you talking about, man? Look at his stats. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. 
Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. People might tell you that Lyme doesn't kill people, but we are losing people. People disappear from their lives. One of the scariest things that I had to deal with was uh, memory loss. Not just like I don't remember what I did last week, but like I forgot all the words to my own songs. I remember going to my primary care physician and he was like, you are 100% healthy, there's nothing wrong with you. And my response was, that's impossible, I'm dying. I wasn't working. So I had all of these hospital bills. We had to move out of our home and move into my parents' basement. I just wish I could have truly been present in those big moments, you know, when she took her first steps or, you know, her first day of preschool. Lyme is such a thief and it goes undetected because no one is looking for it. For more information and prevention tips, go to projectlime.org. Many pollution sources can affect the air you breathe, from power plants and vehicles to dust and wildfires. Knowing more about local air quality can help you protect your health. If you're thinking about buying an air sensor, EPA has a series of videos to help you get the most out of it. Learn how EPA collects and uses regulatory data, how EPA communicates health messaging, and how to interpret the readings from your sensor. Visit epa.gov air sensor toolbox. The Freeman Report on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Right. Well, um, as I was saying on yesterday's show, um, the Freeman Report has now been on TNT for a year. TNT itself had its second birthday yesterday. And with it, some fantastic news that we've got a new presenter for The Breakfast Show, um, which is Sonia Poulton. And I'm absolutely delighted that she's with me now. Hello, Sonia. How are you doing? Oh, hello, James. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just delighted to be here, really. Yeah, what fantastic news, because, of course, you know, you've done, um, I won't mention which, but you've done breakfast shows on other broadcasters. And, of course, once upon a time, you were actually part of the, the mainstream media, weren't you? Oh, for a very long time, three decades, I've done pretty much. thing is, I, I spent quite a lot of my time on breakfast TV in mainstream media debating. And uh, what I was able to do was observe how they did some things very, very well and how they were failing in other ways. And what I wanted to do was take that into a, a more alternative sphere, but ultimately to make the alternative sphere mainstream. And so, yeah, I did spend a lot of time in mainstream media watching how they were getting it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly are, aren't they? And tell us, because um, there'll be people watching who might not have come across you before. Tell us about the story, because you, you know, like many good people um, in the mainstream media, you were kind of forced out, really, weren't you? Because you wouldn't tow the mainstream line. Well, to a certain degree, I mean, I still get calls to this day asking me to appear, but I refuse to. And one of the reasons that I refuse to is because, as Noam Chomsky once said, mainstream media is very circular. They give the impression that they're prepared to debate anything, but they, they won't. They're not really. What they give you is are these parameters of what you can actually talk about. And I got into trouble so many times, James, particularly on this morning, which is a leading mid-morning show um, in the UK. And because I just kind of 
broke ranks with what I was supposed to be talking about and not in an unprofessional way, but I just, my whole thing, the whole reason I was there in the first place is I was supposed to be the radical one. And really the truth is it was an illusion because they, they need people like me to give this idea that there is some sort of balance in mainstream media. When in fact, you and I both know that it is an illusion. That isn't really how it yeah. truly works. And so I always push the boundaries always, but um, I, I wasn't forced out as such, but I just realized that this wasn't for me. I was a consulting and contributing editor for a leading news channel for eight years. Now there I did get pushed out. And that was because I was speaking out about COVID. And the problem, of course, was that their advertising revenue was coming from the government to advertise COVID. And I was questioning it. So that got me into a lot of trouble. So so they were like, no, no, Sonia, you either have to stop this or it's over. And I said, you know what? After eight years, it's over. And uh, so, yeah. But, you know, the thing is, is that our lives are really short comparatively, right? So you have to stand for something. And as a journalist, it is my job to actually stand behind the truth and not just to run along and become part of, you know, some conformed society. So, and look, it's led me here, which is fantastic. Yeah. And I'm, James, I'm so genuinely excited because I watched TNT and, and I, I love the way that the presenters are allowed to, you know, literally tear up official narratives if if that's necessary <laughs> and, and go for deeper truths. And, you know, rather than just conforming to what everybody else is saying, you know, as well as I do, mainstream media, if you go to a news agents right now, probably five out of 10 front pages are the same about the same topic. And that is what I was very keen to get away from. Yeah, um, I love the fact that you mentioned truth um, because so many people don't use that word. Um, but I know that you are a truther, um, just oh. like me. Um, and, you know, if anybody, um, I mean, that's one of the brilliant things about TNT radio is that um, I never get a call from the bosses to say, oh, you can't say that. Or can you talk about this? Um, I'm free, totally free, like all the other hosts, to talk about what I want in the way that I want. Obviously, with that comes responsibility. Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to just start making stuff up. Um, but, you know, we do our best to get to the truth. So, Sonia, um, I know that you've been active um, over the last sort of four years um, on various channels. What have been your truths that you've been talking about um, over the past four years? Oh, how long have we got? Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, obviously, I think one of the biggest lies that we've been sold over the last four years has got to be about COVID. That whole narrative was utterly outrageous. You know, the experimental jabs, lockdown, masking, all of the measures that went along with it. So that I was really keen to sort of break through. And like you say, with the truth and with the desire to tell the truth must come responsibility. And we yeah. must be aware of legal frameworks and ethical and moral frameworks. And I I'm an adult and I would like to think a decent enough adult. So I already have those things intact like yourself. And once you have that intact, it's then just about finding out what is the truth of the matter. But I think that COVID is so huge and of course me personally i'm i'm somebody who has followed the madeline mccann story since the beginning 2007 i've made two documentaries about it and that is another truth that is yet to break through 
into the mainstream. But that is a story that we will be looking at, along with many others. Um, I, I was also behind the exposure of the contaminated blood scandal. And uh, so that, again, that's another truth. And they were trying to hide that. They were trying to hide what had happened. We were literally importing blood from Skid Row in America and giving it to people. I mean, just shocking, astonishing stuff that just beggars belief, like the post office scandal that we're seeing now. Some people who have now seen that made into a docudrama, they're, they're like, they can't believe that this level of corruption exists. But yes, let me tell you, it truly does. Yeah, and this this is well, we're talking about the fourth estate here, aren't we? Um, yes. You know the that's what journalism is. It's about bringing the truth. It's about holding power to account because we know that the politicians and parliament will not act, particularly when it's actually the problem is them. They will not act until they are absolutely forced to. We've seen that with yes. the post office scandal. Now the blood scandal, like you said, um, Sonia, is something that. I don't think as as fully broken yet. Tell us a little bit more about about that that scandal. Well, it's astonishing, really. So when I think about it now, it must have been around approximately 2014, and I was invited by the head of the contaminated blood scandal, blood, contaminated blood campaign group, to accompany them to David Cameron, who was the then prime minister, to his constituency. They were going to be having a meeting with him. So I arrived with a camera, and I was interviewing people from the campaign group outside David Cameron's constituency office, and then he refused to see them and it was almost certainly because they suddenly had some media attention after they had tried for many years and bear in mind that the people who were leading the campaign were dying they had been given contaminated blood from skid row in america so from heroin addicts that was imported that our health secretary knew about and was given to people um, and it, it created, uh, you know, AIDS, haemophiliacs, just absolutely unbelievable stuff, James. Anyway, after, uh, so we were outside David Cameron's constituency, he refused to see them. And Glenn, the leader of the campaign, was was beside himself. And because he knew that, you know, like like the others, that they're, they're dying. So I said, what do you want to do? And he said, give, give David Cameron all these literature. And I said, well, I know where he lives. Let's go. And we went to his house, which was, I don't know, about 20 minutes away from his constituency office, faced off with his armed guards. The videos are still online on YouTube, huge guns down a country lane. And I said, I need to put these through David Cameron's letterbox. They said, you're not doing that. And I said, watch me. So Glenn and I pushed them underneath this door. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I don't know, half a year later, they announced the contaminated blood scandal inquiry and people finally started to get compensated and that has gone on all over the world and including in Australia they call it the infected blood scandal but it's the same thing and it all sort of emanates from the same thing yeah these completely innocent people who needed blood transfusions were given infected blood now this has been going on longer than the post office scandal hasn't yes. it i think was it in the 70s and 80s when this absolutely. happened absolutely absolutely it was and you have to wonder you know there has to be question marks now over sort of um illnesses such as aids for example you know so that so this is the thing is once you start to unravel a lie it usually leads to another lie that has been told but the the, the great thing about this is it's a lot of the time People I work with, they don't really want revenge. It's not revenge they're seeking. They just want justice. 
And that is exactly what is now happening. Thank goodness for these people who were infected. So, yeah, it, it's absolute scandal. But we will be unraveling many scandals on the show in the mornings because I get so many fantastic stories because I've been doing this for so long and people know that I'm outspoken because I do literally adhere to the, the whole idea of, you know, no fear, no favour. And uh, I'm politically yeah. homeless, so I'm not biased. So, uh, you know, I go wherever the truth leads me. And sometimes it doesn't lead me into places that I want it to. But c'est la vie. That's just the way it goes when you're a journalist. Yeah, exactly. And um, it is worrying, isn't it, the way that the world is going and, and in the UK um, as well, um, whereby these scandals, the thing we've got in common between the blood scandal, the post office and now these excess deaths. And I... You know, I'm like you, probably Sonia, I'm part of many groups in the UK and um, and abroad as well, working behind the scenes. And I'm as close to 100% sure as I can be now that wider government now knows that the um, excess deaths are at least in part being driven by the vaccines. Um, I've always believed that there were people in government which knew that. But now I think, you know, wider government, they know it. And the thing that you know, links all of these together, these scandals, is government is at fault. And so it's no surprise, is it, that they do not want to talk about these things and they do not want justice because it's actually the justice is directed towards them, which makes obviously the job of you um, as a journalist and me so, so important, doesn't it? What do you think then, Sonia, about um, the online safety bill, the Digital Services Act? How much of a threat do you think that is to these truths? These are all creep missions, aren't they? They start off with this whole idea. We were told, oh, this is about protecting children online. This is about um, stopping, you know, children following ideas about, you know, anorexia, about taking their own lives. And all of that sounds absolutely worthy. What person wouldn't support that? But the truth is, is it, 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 as I say, these are creep missions. These are about clamping down on our freedoms of expression, our freedoms to assemble, because there's a number of laws that are working in tandem, which we will be talking about. But the online safety bill, look at the, even the title of it. I mean, that was the working title of it. So it really looks like it's for the good of us. And that's how they always frame it, because they're not going to tell you, well, actually, what we intend to do is stop you being able to question government. Right. They're not going to tell you that they're only interested in telling you the things that you want to hear. So, no, I, I worry about these things deeply. We have to be careful, but we can always push back. And that, again, is why a, a station like TNT is so vital, because most other stations now are under the auspices of Ofcom and have to, um, you know, stick with these principles and again it comes back to responsibility we are responsible adults we're not going to be telling people to do stupid things that will harm them but we do believe in freedom of expression and that should be absolutely upheld to the highest absolutely listen sonia i'm absolutely delighted that you've you. um you joined tnt as i said in, in the break before we came on um tell the viewers what um, what time is your show going out um in the uk Okay, in the UK, it will be 7am, it will be 5pm in Brisbane, it will be 1am in New York, I can go on and on and on. So, But basically, all around the world, you can either wake up to me, you can end the day with me, or you can snuggle down with me, whichever, you know, whichever time zone you're in. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, really, it's such exciting times. I just can't wait to get started on Monday, James.
Fantastic. Well, listen, Sonia, I'm absolutely delighted, like Thank I said, you. that you're joining TNT. Let's put the world to rights between us. And I think there is a big battle coming up in 2024. We've obviously got, I think it's something like 140 elections going on around the world. We've obviously got the, you know, the general election in the UK. Um, if it happens, the one in the US, I think there might even be an Aust uh, Australian election coming up as well. So it's so important that you and I are on air telling our truths. Ladies and gentlemen, Sonia Poulton, make sure you tune in on Monday morning at 7am UK time. And I forgot the other times, but all the other times that Sonia just said around the world. Fantastic. Really looking Right, to the rest of you, don't go anywhere because we've got more fantastic shows right here on today's News Talk TNT. Mm -hmm.